Hola mi gente! Welcome back to another episode of Yo Soy. We have with you your beautiful host, myself, Maria Villalobos, and... Alejandro Emanuel Victoria. See how wonderful you did that, though? Yeah, like, smooth. I just, it's you know, smooth. smooth. So beautiful. <laughs> like, if you all remember last week, this is, you know, this is what I was talking about. Maria, perfect. <laughs> I, th- I thought thank- you did a good job. I thought you did a no, good thank job. Thank you, thank you, thank yeah, you. Thank yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I mean, um, mine was really smooth, so. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. So this week's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about everything, actually. So, But we want to start off with the really exciting news that Disney is coming out with another movie, another very um, cultural movie, I think, for them. I feel like Disney was like, oh, we need to do these things. So now we're going to put out all these movies about different countries, different cultures, which, right. you know, I, I appreciate. You know, I, I really like Raya and Whatever. Last Dragon. I haven't seen that one. Oh, it was beautiful. It was really well. I, I thought it was really well made. It was really beautiful. The scenery was beautiful. The story was really nice. So definitely recommend it. I haven't but seen no. Soul either. Oh, Soul was I so Soul. sad. But I didn't watch like, that one. Luca is still on my list too. I watched that one. I watched Luca. Uh, it was see, cute. It was cute. I mm-hmm. just need to do a Disney marathon one of these days yeah. and watch one after the other. Seriously. But Encanto. Yeah. Wow. Encanto's really coming out. It looks so beautiful. And, you know, uh, setting in Colombia. And I think the things that they're showing and how colorful it is. And I'm just excited to, to see that representation and to, you know, to have people see a country in like a Disney light. I think it's, uh-huh. it's really exciting. And it makes it, um, I, I just think of like kids seeing, mm-hmm. that, right? Like mm-hmm. what would it have felt like to have seen Coco, for example, when we were mm-hmm. younger as kids, yeah. what would it have felt like to have seen something like Encanto as mm-hmm. a kid? You know, yeah. it makes a world of difference of seeing representation mm-hmm. in your, in your mm-hmm. media that way. Yeah, or like going to the parks and seeing those characters there. I think that's going to be really mm-hmm. exciting for some for some kids. And I'm just I'm excited. And we both love Disney. We love going to the parks. We love Disney right. movies. Love Do they it. have their faults? Yes, like everything. Absolutely. Right? We can go on a whole tirade. <laughs> yeah. The, maybe we need to do a Disney episode one of these days. Yeah, I think we really do. I think we should. Yeah. But I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I hope they bring in some like music and just well, Speaking of the music, who's mm-hmm. the some of the music is original from Lin Manuel Miranda. Yeah, he's in everything these days, honestly. I mean, well, with in the Heights and yeah. the, you know Hamilton, just amazing music, and he's has yeah. a hand in this too, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. I saw that one of the songs. Maybe I was having a dream about this, but I think it was real. <laughs> I, one of the songs from Encanto was from Carlos Vives, and I love Carlos Vives. He's a really popular Colombian singer, um, and he's just amazing. So I was really happy that they incorporated that, like that type of music, vallenato, mm-hmm. into into it. So I'm excited to see hopefully more of that. Can you tell me a little bit more, like what's vallenato? So people vallenato is kind of like a, a typical music in Colombia. Um, it it really has spread to other countries in Latin America. Like I know um, it got really popular in Venezuela, um, but they do it with the um, accordion, um, and they mm. have it's just like a very unique type of music, unique sound. Like when you listen to it, you 
no, oh, that's Vallenato. And it's very happy, very uplifting. Some Vallenato songs are a lot about, like, despecho, you know, like, oh, my love and trying to win uh-huh. a woman back and things like that. But my family plays Vallenatos all the time. Love it. Really? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Carlos Vives. The more you know, like, Carlos oh. Vives. Yeah, because yeah, mm-hmm. there's a scene in the trailer with her playing the accordion. Or yeah, trying to play yeah. the accordion. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Okay, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to see it. It's gonna yeah. be when does it come out? Do we know? I don't know. I think it's later oh, on this, this year. Is it this year? Man, I, mm-hmm. I mean, stay tuned, everyone, because it, yeah, also it's nice to be yeah in November. November yeah. 2021. Wow. Very nice. And yeah, I mean, I think it's nice being able to go to movies again. And I think those types of movies are going to be, it's nice to, I remember Coco and crying throughout oh, Coco. And me, so like, <laughs> for so many reasons. Not just That's the, the thing about Disney movies. They just really get you in your feels. Like, mm-hmm. why? Why? Always. I, I came they here have to, to have a good time and then you leave with your red eyes. From the movie <laughs> I, <laughs> I just wanted to watch a Disney movie. Like, what's going on? <laughs> every time. Every time. Every time. Like, think about it. Is there a Disney movie that doesn't have, like, a, a theme of, like, sadness in it? Oh, well, no. Well, no. <laughs> right? Like, everything well, no. has, it's like a little melancholy. Like, every well, isn't that, But you know what, though? Isn't that life? Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it reflect, like, life is... There's always those struggles and those things that are happening. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Disney movies is a reflection of life. Right. Exactly. A perfect <laughs> segue. So perfect. Perfect. Yeah, there is so much going on in the world right now. And, you know, I was really thinking about just everything that's happening in Cuba with the protests. Um, and just, I don't know, I've been feeling hopeful right, for, for the people in Cuba and hoping and just, I, I don't know if, like, like, the equivalent of, like, praying, like, I'm not, a, I don't pray or anything right. like that. I'm just, like, wishing so hard that that the people in Cuba are able to win this one, you know, because yeah. I feel like I'm from Venezuela, and in Venezuela, there's been a lot of protests, too, and nothing comes out of them, right? It's always, like... Uh-huh the government always finds a way to to win and so i'm just like cautiously hopeful but you know seeing especially being here in miami and seeing so many people um come together right from different political ideologies and people from all over the country are coming to protest and in solidarity in solidarity with cuban people and it's just it's really beautiful to see and um you know it's been 60 something years that this has been going on so right just hopeful and and that things will turn around do you see similarities or things from your experience with venezuela like because i know in this currently now there are a lot of people who are trying to communicate with family members in mm-hmm. Cuba, hearing mm-hmm. exactly what's going on in cuba directly mm-hmm. from family members and then that being shut down or mm-hmm. the internet being shut down and um that sort of regime of a mm-hmm. government You've had experience with that in, in Venezuela oh, yeah. as well, right? Venezuela was a blueprint of Cuba. Literally, the exact same things that happened in Cuba at the beginning of of this the administration, the Castro regime, they were implementing exactly the same tactics in Venezuela. And you know, it's like it's the the two sides of the same coin kind of thing. 
<clears throat> um, but it's it's enough. It's enough people in Cuba. There's my boyfriend is Cuban, and him, a lot of his family, his grandparents, aunts, uncles live in Cuba right now, and we are constantly in communication with them. <clears throat> and just the stories that you hear, like they have to get everything from their family members here because there's nothing in Cuba, nothing. Like you can't get diapers, you can't get medicine, you can't go to the hospital, you can't go to the doctor. It's people are just surviving every single day, every single day, just to get something to eat. And I don't, the thing that really frustrates me is that people that have no connection to people in Cuba, people that haven't lived through this type of dictatorship before, have the audacity to come out and say things like that is not true and invalidating right. the experiences, the very real experiences that people in Cuba are living through and basically gaslighting people and saying that it's not true and that the Castro administration or the the people in Cuba have everything and that, you know, that it's a, the Cuba regime is a success story for communism right. and it's not. It's not because right. people are literally dying every single day, either because they're starving, because there's no medical supplies, or because the government is literally shooting them and killing them. Yeah. So that's what's been really frustrating to me, to see people that in so many other conversations stand up and fight for the people. Now they're turning a blind eye because they don't want to go against their own ideas and beliefs when you literally see from Cuban people who have experienced this and lived this, that they're saying that enough is enough. And it's, it's just really disheartening to feel like you fought alongside for, for things that mean something to you and, and that, you know, you believe that it's the right thing, but when it, it comes to your side and you want somebody to support your things, it's kind of crickets. So. Do you think there's been, with this response, um, crickets from media or people who you would think to be speaking out, not doing so. What do you think from? Yeah. So I've seen a lot of Latinos backing up people from Cuba because I feel like we've seen from family members, from people that we meet when you're in Miami, the two people next to you are probably Cuban, right? So you like mm -hmm. meet people all the time and mind you, like, I know that there's a lot of Cuban people in Miami, in the U.S. that supported Trump and all these things, right? And like they have very different ideologies and they have very different political beliefs. But the fact of the matter is that what Cuban people are living now in Cuba is a humanitarian crisis and people are dying because their government is incapable of providing for its people, for, for making sure that their people have things to eat or that there's medical equipment, especially during COVID. And yeah, I think a lot of people are being silent because they don't want to be canceled by their buddies. You know, like literally that's what I think. They don't want to go against what some people believe. And I think they're afraid that if they say something, they're going to be canceled in a way. And uh, yeah. That's and it's, crazy. It sucks. It sucks. <laughs> so, that's wild. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think that's a whole nother topic is cancel mm -hmm. culture, but with the Cuban situation in Cuba right now, I, I think you're right. It, there is a, an opportunity, hopefully in this kind in that country to have the people leading mm -hmm. the way. I mean, I think, I don't know too, you also seen 
Black Lives Matter, for example, came out with their statement, and then mm-hmm. that was an issue that a lot mm-hmm. of people had with with that comment and and those and that statement. I, I guess how my one question is how do we how do we get it right? How do people mm-hmm. how do we do that correctly? Because yeah. I think there is those people who are like, well, I don't want to say anything because of the mm-hmm. fear of whatever. But in the same sense, I guess that's the question I have: is mm-hmm. how do we hit and support the the right way? Yeah, I think listen to the people that are being affected by it. <laughs> you know, like the th- thousands of people that are marching in the streets. Like, and if you have family or you know somebody that has family in Cuba, like, listen to them. What are they saying? Right? Like, right. these are the people that really know what's happening because they've lived through it, because they have family that are living through it. So when you tell somebody, like, that has lived through this regime that whatever their feelings and their experiences were invalid and that they should be happy to be in Cuba, to be there, to be living that nightmare, actually. It's a slap to the face. It's a slap to the face. Just because you read one book about whatever Mm. doesn't mean that you understand the reality or the full reality, you know? And I, you know, I agree. The U.S. probably has some part into it with the embargo. Absolutely, right? We can't we can't dismiss that, but that's not the whole story. Right. You right. know? So and and I think we I think we get into this place in this country too of black and white and this it's this way because this, or it's this mm-hmm. way actually because of this. But things like this Cuba crisis or what's happening there is multi-layered and but at the bedrock of it all is a dictatorship mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to your point, a humanitarian crisis, mm-hmm. right. And a human rights crisis. Mm-hmm. And I think these other pieces are not, not true. They are true, but the, at the at the bedrock of it, the whole mm-hmm. thing is humans. Yeah. Exactly. You know, humanitarian so when siding, issues. When you're siding with a governor, with a government, because of just your political ideologies and you're ignoring that human beings are being right. killed and tortured and being starved Kidnapped and like all of this stuff. Yeah. And yeah. Then and what are you really fighting for? Are you really right. there for the people or are you just there to promote your political ideologies just like every other government does or like every right. other person who supports Trump and things like that? Like they don't see the humanity. They only see what they want to see. Right. You know, and yeah. And then I think grounding all of this in human beings mm-hmm. is the most important piece to it. Mm-hmm. And you're right. Family members calling and talking to like, that's your primary source. Like, mm-hmm. and in my head, I also have a hard time with people thinking that, well, they're lying or like what you were saying, like people gaslighting, right? Like mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you're, isn't that, if you're a reporter, isn't that like the best type of source, your primary source, the people who are living and breathing what is going on versus, well, the government's telling me this, right? Because the government's going to tell you Mm -hmm. whatever they want to tell you. And that makes me think of like, I feel like now, nowadays there's such a mistrust for information. Great. It's like, you can't believe anything you see. You can't believe anything you hear. Because I feel like now there's there is so much opportunity for people to construct reality, especially through right. social media. 
So, yeah, it's, I think that really hurts any sort of political activism or any sort of anything right. because it's like people can't believe what they're seeing with their own eyes even, right? Because yeah, it's, it's on purpose. Mm-hmm. It's on purpose, right? Like the there's a reason Russia got involved with the United States election by throwing misinformation out there, right? Videos that were fabricated, things that weren't real, all of that. Now what's being done here is Cuba's similarly – their government is similarly throwing spaghetti at the wall and mm-hmm. oh let's muddy the inf- mm-hmm. source of information let's mm-hmm. muddy all of this so that no one believes exactly what's happening and that was trump's trump strategy i mean you look at trump that mm-hmm. was his like muddy it up muddy it mm-hmm. up so no one knows the truth and mm-hmm. it has worked mm-hmm. and it exactly. works and that is a, that is a strategy of dictators that is a strategy mm-hmm. of um people in power like that and that mm-hmm. is what is happening in countries like venezuela and mm-hmm. countries like cuba which is why whenever you have a country where people can't decide who their government is right that's that's corrupt right like right. these people have been in charge for 60 to 60 plus years and if and the people have had no choice and whenever so- up until now, whenever somebody even said that they were opposing the Castro administration, those people were literally killed. It, it is so bad. Like, you couldn't even, in your own neighborhood, talking to your family members, say that you opposed the government because they had spies throughout the neighborhoods. And if they heard that you were opposing the government, they would come to your house and literally take you away. Right. So... When at that point does that become a safe place for people to to grow and live? It doesn't. It, right. like, it can't. I just I don't see. I just don't see it. I don't see it. And the same thing happens in Venezuela. In the you know like people have no no choice, no power. The government takes over everything, and then they are able to to lead for years and years and years. And the people, what they do, they leave. Because nobody can can live in those types of, of environments. Nobody can be successful. Nobody can grow. And and this the sad thing is that people start to leave, and then less people are going to be in those places to fight against the oppressor or to fight against right. the government. Or people get tired, mm-hmm. right? Like, or, or just like, oh, what's well, not worth it? Or to your mm-hmm. point, like, is this the moment? Because there's been protests. There's been things like that in the past, even like you said in Venezuela. But is this the moment where? enough push mm-hmm. makes it makes the difference right mm-hmm. and the thing yeah. is that the people in cuba they have no they have nothing to fight with you know like the military has all the all the, the military equipment that they need to to put these protests down and but the people have nothing so people are literally just out there in the streets just begging begging for democracy begging for freedom begging for so much and but they have nothing to fight with. So it's like, at what point, like, how are we? Gonna, how are you going to tell somebody? Give them a plastic knife and be like, go fight for your freedom. Like, what, what? You know, there has to be. I'm not saying that the U.S. necessarily has to intervene, but like, there has to be some way that the world needs to wake up and 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 see what's happening in Cuba and understand it as a humanitarian crisis. And they have to do something about it, right? Like, if you say, oh, just leave it up to the Cuban people to fight for their country, how? <laughs> how? How are right. they, people, regular people like you and me from that, that are not in the military, how are you going to expose those people to fight 
a little military. How? Uh-huh. So, yes. Yeah, uh, I could go on and on and on and on about this because it, it just it hits really close to home um, because I've seen how this type of dictatorship ruins families, countries, people. It's it's disgusting. It's it makes me really sad that a few people can really destroy so much. You know, like yeah. how can you how can you be proud of where you come from? How can you be proud of of your country and then do that to your people? That's what I don't understand. Right. Well, and I think it's power, right? Mm-hmm. How do you how, to answer your question? Power mm-hmm. is what gets people to do that. Power is what allows that greed to to flourish and to let people attack your capital, the capital, right? Mm-hmm. January 6th riots, it's power. Have you seen it's everything a, that's coming out of that? How they're trying to make it seem as if it was just like... A day at the park? I, like, oh, yeah. that's just normal. That's just normal, <laughs> you know? But like, there, this goes to your, the point of misinformation mm-hmm. and, you know, governments like Cuba are will fabricate their own story. And even though that's not true and it's not happening that way, they're going to push that narrative. And I think you have Republicans, for example, in the country doing that, taking the page of the book of dictators and saying, oh, well, if we say it enough times that, you know, it was this, maybe that will be true. And it's just not like it just blows my mind. But you're right. People are coming out and saying it was just people at the Capitol that day. It was like any visit or anything. And it's like, what? Did you not see what everybody else in the world saw? Right. Like, <laughs> it's just, it's laughable, but like people believe it. Yes. And it's just, it, it like, it makes my head hurt. Honestly, I'm just like, mm-hmm. how? Like, what point of this do you not understand? Right. There is, and there is that connection, I think, between like totalitarianism and mm. dictators and what we see in countries abroad mm-hmm. here in the United States. You know, we see that as well. And it's just painted in a different way. But I see it's that. Yeah, I don't think it's a, yeah, it's not, I don't, well, I would argue maybe it's not a, as a humanitarian crisis as like other countries that is when they're fully mm-hmm, in power. Mm-hmm. But we have a, a segment of our government mm-hmm. in that way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. luckily it's not the full government, mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, how close was it to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's what we saw this with Trump. We were that close to that, mm-hmm. you know, reality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's wild. I think this past few days, I'm just like, wow, like the world really is a scary place. And I think we don't see it as much. We don't, I, I think being here in the U.S., like we are so blind to so much that's happening across the world. <clears throat> and we're so uh-huh. privileged to live in a, in a space where we can talk and focus on so many other things that are not, you know, the horrible, horrible things that are happening around the world. And it just kind of reminds you, like, we're not a bubble. Like there's things happening and we need to be aware Mm. and we need to be educated and we need to listen to other people, the people that are living through these things and, and validate their, and not invalid and validate their experiences. And just, I don't know this, this past few weeks I've been, it's been, it's been tough because I feel like every day there's something new, something new that comes up. Those are great. Those are great points. And I think you're right in the sense that we just, 
listen, we're a country that doesn't even like to talk about our own history. Yeah. You know, we talked about <laughs> critical race theory a few weeks ago. We don't even like to talk about our own, what's happening in our own country, let alone what's happening in other countries. And mm-hmm. I think that's a problem um, as a populace. You know, even just things that are happening, like Germany, hundreds or several hundred people died or so from the floods. Yeah, um, yeah I didn't know tor- that. Torrential rains, and there are videos of just floods in their wow. streets in a lot of places. And I think a hundred uh, people have died so far from the Mother Nature in yeah. Germany. So uh, things like that that are are they hitting our forefront of conversation? Are we talking mm-hmm. about things as a global citizen mm-hmm. versus this American? Uh, self-centeredness mm-hmm. covid you know where where is this all that's another issue how many people are wanting vaccines and how many people in the united states aren't getting them you know and we know people around the world who are like wanting mm-hmm. the and saying americans are lucky to be able to get mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. and how many people are willing not to get it here you know like just there's so much is it? You know, did you? I saw something. I don't know if this is true or not. See, it goes again. We we can't trust the information we get about DeSantis um, putting out this like shirt. Let me see if I can find it. Oh um, yeah, about, uh, don't Fauci or Florida. Oh my gosh! So yeah, literally. I cannot. As a real I, shirt I am like I'm Fauci. living in a freaking virtual reality. No, mama. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, he. Yeah, I just don't even understand that. Like. Don't Fauci my Florida with one fifth, one fifth, one in every five new cases of COVID are coming out of the state of Florida in the country. One of five new cases are coming out of the state of Florida. That is fucking ridiculous. It's so so wild. It's so wild. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then you have people like that in power. You know who you really grinds my gears? That freaking Marjorie Taylor Greene. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> but here's the, here's the thing with these people, the people in power, right? Because for me, people who follow them it's it's sad because there's a lot of issues there, mm-hmm. right? But the people in the power with the microphone who are speaking these things are doing so knowing what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. they know what they're saying is ridiculous. They know what they're doing is dumb, but they know there are voters who will vote for them, and that is for me the biggest. Like that's ridiculous, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have, for example, here in Texas, Greg Abbott running for governor was usually back, you know, before. Yeah, he was like more, uh, he was Republican, but people didn't like him before. But now he is saying the most out, we're, we're funding a border wall. It's a federal government thing, but he's going to be paying Texas taxpayer money, something, 20 something million dollars or so for a Texas border wall because oh, the God. federal government's not going to do it. Yet we can't even get money to fix our power grid. <laughs> That has it's like remember what we, happened. Um, remember when that happened? Ago? No, no, no. But we're going to spend millions of dollars on a border wall. Yeah. And his his message is we're going to finish Trump's border wall. You know, that First is like all, a level. What did Trump's border wall do? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> you know. Oh, Absolutely. And so that's God. that's the thing. And these people know better. DeSantis. 
I don't know if DeSantis knows better, honestly. I, I mean, I know Greg him. Abbott knows better. Didn't he, didn't he graduate from so UF or something? He what? Didn't he graduate from UF? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> the shade of it all. I really want to see. <laughs> oh, no, no. He, he actually went to Yale University. Ah, see, um, that's why. Just to go to show, it Freaky. doesn't always matter what your degree does is. not matter at all. But, but, but see, <laughs> the point being, these people are smart and they understand what they're doing. Yeah. And it's simply for power, right? The mm-hmm. election, the stopping of voting rights. That is not, they know what they're doing. Yes. You know? What a crazy time. What is and, happening and our, with that? Right. You know, and to see, I'm going to give you an example in Florida. One of the big things in Florida was always Sundays um, because those days of early vote on Sundays drew in a lot of people of color to vote because a lot of organizations would organize things called soul to the polls Mm -hmm. for black churches, for example. And they would set up these like we're going to go from church to the polling place. Right. So it was always Mm -hmm. a Sunday had influx of black vote that was helpful to, you know, just the electorate and voting. And so Florida used to have two weeks, full weeks of mm-hmm. early vote. And then they sw- changed it to about a week and a half, but it was only one Sunday. It was purposeful. It would start on like a Tuesday. One Sunday would happen, and then that was it, right? To avoid having an early two Sundays in place, right? Then I think recently they were looking to do it even less. There, there's an argument of like, let's do it from sun- Monday to Saturday of early vote. Instead of that full, so I think they ended up with just one Sunday. But the point being, it is intentional. Yeah, it is not a way. What to is like, the rationale behind behind this? Like, what's the, the good thing about voter suppression? <laughs> basically, it's a historic. It's it's rooted in history and it's rooted in white supremacy. Right? There's a really good documentary of Stacey Abrams on Amazon. I was um, just going to bring her up. Yeah. She is. There's a great documentary. She says she shows the history of voter rights in the United States and talks about how, from the beginning of this country, we you know sought to not let black and minority individuals in this country to vote. It was a mm-hmm. white only club, and mm-hmm. that has been the roadblock ever since. Every way, step of the way, right? There was a story she talks about in that documentary of this guy who was the first voter, a black voter in this town and they, and black voters didn't vote in that town and no one wanted to vote mm. um, because of fear for their life. And this one black voter was like, we're, I'm going to do it. Like if I'm able to do it, I'm going to do it. And he was threatened by the KKK. He was threatened by these organizations and said, you will not vote. And when he did, he was killed that following day after he placed, placed his ballot they came, the KKK came to his house. They pulled him out of his house and killed him. Right. So there's a story that is shared in that, that is, you know, horrific, but that is the story of our country of mm-hmm. that. Why these, you know, and so mm-hmm. it's every sort of thing, right. They're going to say, Oh, it's so we have better IDs and we can keep track of things better. It's better for it's this and that, but you know, it affects people of color and then I've been on elections where people poll watchers quote unquote mm-hmm. would tell people and you can't vote 
you are you don't have your identification like i've been a part of elections where i've seen these quote unquote nonpartisan voter whatever intimidate people to not vote i've seen it mm. i've heard these these people so don't it's a bunch of bullshit is what mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. and yeah it's just it's angering mm-hmm. and i think that's where if you can get if they can win that fight we're we're in trouble I think, we're screwed you know? yeah absolutely and it's like in what like free democratic country do you not want all of your constituents to vote right yeah. like the the whole point of a voting process is for everyone to have a voice for everybody to be included right. in this process and when you literally make ban people distributing waters in the voting site, oh my, like God, what? Even, like right? <laughs> they have arrested people for it's giving so out water. It's so stupid because yeah. you saw the last election, right? How especially I think in New York City, the lines were so so long, and people had to wait for so long. It's like the whole structure is made for people Horrible. to not vote, <laughs> basically. And in Texas, I mean, they they the fight is here in Texas because of the Democrats, did you hear what happened here in Texas with uh, the democratic legislators? So the, Oh yeah. That they, um, they were, all left yeah. the state mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and they all left the state and went to Washington DC. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the, that's how much urgency there needs to be on this issue. Right. Because it's just, if we don't get voting rights done, Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many people who are disenfranchised every mm-hmm. year, every mm-hmm. election. They arrested this guy in Houston because in Houston, in Texas, they were saying like people have been asking, "Where's the voter fraud?" There's no voter. Like, there's very one case or two cases, and so then the attorney general, who's under indictment, the attorney general in Texas is it being investigated by the FBI for you know a bunch of other shit. But he's the moral high grade. We're going to look at exactly, you know, (laughs) and so, but then this one guy in Houston in 2020 spent six hours in line, right? He spent six hours in line. He was one of the last people before seven o'clock and he didn't get to cast his ballot until one o'clock or two o'clock in the morning, right? One of the last people to cast his ballot and he was proud. And then he had to wake up and go to work. Uh, at five in the morning. So he didn't really get a chance to sleep before his next, his next job. Right. But he said it was worth it. He was arrested recently because he, I think it was a, um, he had been uh, arrested before and had been to jail. And so he had to, there was these stipulations and he was ineligible to vote technically or so. And so they're calling that a voter fraud. And saying that, and so he was, I think, arrested. And I don't know if he served. I think that is in uh, in the works. But I think ACLU is representing him. But isn't that wild? They're looking for anything kind of like, well, this is our point. Like I told you, you know, um, it's wild. It's it, absolutely it wild. It really is. Well, I was actually going to bring up Stacey Abrams because I, if you follow her on Instagram, um, she please go fight. Please go. F- um, not fine follow the fair fight action so at fair fight action just to stay informed about voter suppression and you know making sure that if there's any way that we can help you know especially as elections are coming around um please 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 make sure to at least the least we can do is stay informed so please 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 go do that now 
Yeah, so I'm going to pull up the movie name, too. Yeah. Um, All In is what it's called, The Fight for Democracy. Um, It's on uh, Amazon Prime. And so if you get to watch that, anyone who's listening to, it is super powerful. It is um. Do you ever see the documentary on Netflix, 13th? No. Mm-mm. With um, Anna DuVernay. She outlines like the history of the prison pipeline system. Mm-hmm. Stacey Abrams does something very similar with the voter rights suppression and how, what the history of the United States is. Mm. Powerful documentary and will anger you and will really get mm-hmm. you involved to, to make that fight. But Maybe I'll watch that after I come back from vacation. (laughs) (laughs) It's a, it's a heavy one, but yeah, Yeah. you're right. It it, it fires you up to do that. So yeah. Yeah. Well, so people who are listening to, we have, um, we're going to be having our first couple of guests coming in the next uh, couple of episodes um, that will be tackled. We're going to talk about Cuba in more in depth than what we got to today. Uh, we're going to talk about, um, didn't slip our mind, we want to talk about DACA. Mm-hmm. I know there was a um, case recently of making that a judge in Texas. It's always Texas. I know. It's, it's always Texas, Texas or Florida. I know. One of Texas the or Florida, one of us. <laughs> Damn it. It's always, always. But a judge in Texas saying that DACA is not, you know, that President Obama overstepped his uh, reach. So that's going to be something that will be, I'm sure a lot of listeners and people who are dreamers are thinking about that. And then we're going to have a conversation with some people about that in the coming weeks as well. So a lot coming, a lot of exciting things. Um, We have a few other things we want to talk about here, but one thing was if you all haven't noticed our Spotify or every episode is a title of a song, right? Um, and we'll have to come up with a title for this episode. Yeah, we Maria. will. <laughs> uh, but we are having a we have a Spotify playlist. So if you want to listen to all of the songs we've kind of titled our episodes, we They're have a Spotify playlist. Songs. They're pretty amazing songs. And so, um, what that title of that playlist is, I don't have that yet. Uh, but just be on the lookout on our social media <laughs> if you don't have it already. Check us out. We'll announce that soon. Absolutely. And definitely stay tuned for what's to come when Alejandro comes and visits Miami. You're not going to want to miss that. We're going to be doing a person to person live in the flesh episode. So it's going to be a fun one. I'll give her a hug while we're recording an episode. Be like, hola, Maria. You know, it'll be (laughs) so nice. I don't know why I made that. Yeah. (laughs) You sounded like a a cartoon. Like a a, Dora. Hola. Soy Dora. (laughs) Uh, yeah, anyways. <laughs> uh, that's my specialty. That's what I do. I do voice work. Um, but before we go, I had a story I wanted to share with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know we put it off a little bit, and I'm like, oh, God. But I need to share this story because, one, for everyone who's listening, if you haven't shared our podcast yet, do so. It makes a huge difference. Please. People listening. We were looking today. What What are some of the countries that stuck out to you that were listening to um, the podcast? Russia. <laughs> Russia, yeah. Some listeners in Russia, Brazil. I was yeah. like, oh, Brazilian listeners. Um, so people listen all over. And so one of the story, the story that came up a couple of weeks ago. So I did an episode. You remember my the podcast was an interview podcast before, and had a guest, a friend of mine. I was like, hey, jump on board on this episode. Um, you know, he had a history of being in foster care, mm. right? And so I was like. You know, if you, I'm sure people would listen and, and hear this. 
So anyways, he was in Cancun recently visiting France or so. And then he got this message from this person um, that I guess met him in Cancun. And so I wanted to share a little bit. I'll give you the abbreviated version, but this person messaged him and said, Hey, I don't know if you remember me. Um, we met week last week in Cancun um, and that there was something familiar about him and he didn't know. And he realized it was his voice. Hmm. He said, I heard you in a podcast uh, called Yo Soy. What? And it was during an interview. And he said him and his husband, so it's a gay couple, were looking to adopt a child. Hmm. And they were in Mexico. They were, you know, one of them is a nurse or so, and they were looking to adopt. And when they were looking to adopt, there were so many people who were attacking them mm-hmm. on how same-sex parents shouldn't be parents, that mm-hmm. they're doing a disservice to the child, that they're being selfish for wanting to help have a child because all this stuff, right? And the guy was saying how it was really impactful. It, were not, it impacted him a lot, right? And they were thinking, he started self-reflecting, thinking, Maybe this isn't the right opportunity. Maybe we are being selfish. And so he did research. He was like, let me research, you know, adoption a little bit more in in Mexico. And he came across Yo Soy and the episode where we talk about and interviewed someone who was in foster care and who Mm -hmm. experienced, um, has experience in foster care. Well, that interview really inspired him. And they ended up adopting no matter what, even with all the negative that was going on in the world, they still kept going on that path and ended up adopting. And they've been with, they've had a son now for three years since that episode aired um, for three years, they did their adoption. They said that that interview and that um, friend of mine who did that interview, that story gave them the strength to continue on, even with all that negativity. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. So I know. So I, so that, was told to me a couple of weeks ago and I just thought, wow, like one, what are the chances right, of something right. like that? Yeah. Of like, Oh, they met in, in Cancun mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just wild to me. And so that's beautiful. I thought I'd share that. And I think it goes to show like, yes, there's a lot of horrible things right happening all around us all the time. Right. And I think we also have to think about the beauty of life and, as sad as it can be sometimes as, as a Disney movie, right? Melancholy, right? So <laughs> it's, a reflection, it's a reflection of life, right? And yeah. I think I've been really having to hang on to hope lately and just to mm. like moments like this because that's, that's all you really can do at this point, right. you know? And yeah, it just goes to show how we're all connected in this circle of life. <laughs> 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 tying it all back, tying it all back. There we go, there we go. Uh, but you're right. Yeah. And, and love and, and yeah. that power of it mm-hmm. and even and hope, love yeah. and hope and just what can get you through the day. Yeah. And, so, and I think yeah. also the power of sharing your story, the power of mm. storytelling. And you never know who you might inspire. Right. And also, if you have an amazing story, if you want to be on this podcast and you want to talk to us, let us know and we can we can talk about it and definitely bring you on. We love meeting new people and talking to people and hearing everyone's story because I feel like everyone's stories are valid and beautiful and they need to be shared. One hundred percent. I appreciate you bringing that up. I I think. So if you're listening and you want to, you can either DM us mm-hmm. on Instagram, 
Uh, or if you want to send an email in your old school and want to just do an email, you can email us at Yo Soy Podcast. They were a professional. <laughs> I'm professional. Uh, Yo Soy Podcast at gmail.com is our, is our email address. So you can email that as well. But um, yeah, like Maria said, we would love to have you on. We do this virtually. Mm-hmm. So we can add another person on here virtually yep. if you want to jump on board and have a, tell us your story. At the click of a button. One click. <laughs> well, maybe a few more than one, but. Right. Know. There's a few clicks. And uh, your internet has to be stable, too, because obviously I've had some issues this morning of stability of internet. So You don't have to be stable, but your internet has to be stable. Your you know? internet's stable. <laughs> none of us are stable. None of none us. Are of us. Stable. Uh, well, thank you, Maria. I hope well, you, you have. I, I know when this episode airs, you're going to be in vacation. Oh and yeah, you're gonna have a you're gonna be having a grand old time. A grand so old time. When this is airing, you're gonna be on a beach, and I'm I'm excited. I'm Amazing. excited for you. Wish me luck. Wish me luck. I wish you all the luck, <laughs> and I, anyone listening, I wish you luck yeah. with finding love and happiness <laughs> wow. today. Absolutely, absolutely. Con mucho amor. <laughs> well, con mucho, mucho, mucho amor. amor. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone. Stay safe.